and welcome back to the dungeon. Uh, we're here with another episode of Scream Squad. I am Chico Leo, and I am joined, as always, by Leo Fairman. What's going on? And uh, this week, we were going to take a look at some uh, postpartum horror, um, basically some paranormal pregnancy. Uh, we've uh, Jamie and I did uh, sort of killer kids and uh, killer old people, and now uh, I guess we're going to the uh, you know earliest stage of human development. Uh, with was that in the same episode, or are you talking? Or no, separate? those were those were two different episodes. Okay, I was going to um, say as in the same episode. That sounds that sounds like just spanning the entire course of aging. No, and we actually. So I just want to say we just we touched on uh, Rosemary's Baby for killer old people. Um, it wasn't one of the main ones that we, uh, that we talked about. If you're new to the podcast, we generally do sort of a deep dive on, you know, two, maybe three movies that fit the theme and then we'll sort of shout out a few others. Uh Um, and we're not going to do a deep dive on Rosemary's Baby today either, but I think it deserves a shout out. Arguably it is the number one you know, sort of most important, you know, pregnancy horror movie. But I feel like there's probably a lot of podcasts out there talking about Rosemary's Baby. And so while we'll definitely sort of shout it out and mention it in this theme, we're, we, you know, we like to talk about some sort of lesser known um, classics or would be classics. Um uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I would dignify either of these as classic. <laughs> so well, I, was, I was thinking about what you just said. <laughs> yes. No. 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 And 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 I think there 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 would be classics. Um, each of them definitely has uh, something to uh, to recommend about it. Um, so t- today we're going to be talking about uh, Grace, uh, a 2009 horror film, and Shelley, a 2016 uh, Danish horror film with a, an actual Iranian director. Um, who, as it turns out, I don't think had seen too many horror movies. I think I, I, I read somewhere that he'd only seen five or six horror movies before he made Shelley. Um, I, I but, mean, I think horror movies would probably have a tricky road getting into Iran. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I recall like reading. So he had a pretty we must have read the same interview. He had a pretty like engaged and frank uh, short interview with a site. Yeah, where he said that, among other some other pretty funny things. Right. And it is actually interesting. Um, you and I actually did talk about there is a sort of burgeoning Iranian horror film. You and I talked about, um, you know, the girl walks home at night. And uh, what was the name of the, the Iranian film with the bomb in the ceiling? Uh, uh, Under the Shadow. Yes, yeah, so really we, like, we actually yeah. talked about that a few months ago. Yeah, so there, there definitely is. Although this is technically a, a Danish film, right? I mean, they funded is, it. They, yeah. I mean, obviously helped cast it. <laughs> you know, yes. it's, yeah, it's definitely definitely that. Uh, but Grace, Grace is an interesting film that stars uh, Jordan Ladd, and I think uh, for people who don't know, you know, she's sort of a modern day scream queen. She was in Cabin Fever, she was in uh, Death Proof, the Tarantino movie. She's been in a couple of other horror movies. Uh, going way back, people might know her as uh, Cheryl Ladd's daughter. Cheryl Ladd was Chris. The uh, Charlie's Angel who replaced Farrah Fawcett who left Charlie's Angels after the first season. And um, she is really, I think, gives a pretty, uh, I think one, one review described it as a very committed performance. And it's it, it reminded me a little bit of um, Repulsion where a lot of the movie is just her. 
you know, on screen sort of doing things, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, both of these movies uh, offer something, and it's interesting, both of them are named after the, the baby. Yeah, named after the girl baby. Yes, well. exactly. So <laughs> there are about two pregnant women. Uh, each movie is about a pregnant woman and uh, the pregnancy. Um, I don't know. Would you say complications? Was, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the 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 storied road from being pregnant to then delivering. Not that the delivery marks the end of the of, of either film. Um, Right, like things just get stuff. worse when 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 the, when the baby is born. Now that's yeah. something like in Rosemary's Baby, the delivery mm-hmm. is kind of the 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 very you know it's there's mm-hmm. there's like a little coda after the you know the, mm-hmm. the, the the delivery happens and then the movie ends like two minutes later. Right. Uh, um, this is not the case with this. Um, things basically go from bad to worse with the delivery, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, I, it's worth to pointing out the obvious that you and I are men and we're not going to get pregnant. Um, no, I understand with the pain that a woman feels uh, during pregnancy. No, I, I mean, it's, and it's not at. just that. Both both movies are directed <laughs> by men and I think are probably yeah. written by men. And so it's an <laughs> obvious sort of, you know, we might as well put it out there. Um, no, that's a great that's a great point. I mean, to make both are. Yeah, bo- both are about this sensitive topic. You know, when I when I watch, when I experience something like this, my hope is that in these cases, the directors, the producers, anybody involved is very open to a woman's input. I would hope that that's what happens. But I mean, I don't really know the, the finer details of development for either film. Right. And of course, the big news of uh, this week was, of course, that Joss Whedon, uh, you know, sort of feminist paragon, male feminist <laughs> paragon or whatever, turns out to be, uh, you know, just as scummy as uh, a lot of people sort of thought that he might have been and, um, you know, was uh, cheating on his wife when, and, you know, sort of exploiting young actresses and sort of putting up this uh, this awesome feminist front. So who, who knows? Um, the film industry is not as progressive as many of us would like to think, um, both uh, in terms of, uh, and you know, gender and in uh, in terms of race but um yeah i i i kind of just wanted to put that out there i mean there's plenty of women who don't get pregnant either but they have a much better sense of all of this and um yeah i i do think that uh you know jordan ladd gives gives a pretty incredible performance um and uh so basically um you know we, we we've uh, we've gone back and forth on this podcast about spoilers and even though you're probably listening to this and you might not have seen these movies and part of the idea is to get you to go watch them, I think at the end of the day, it's just really difficult to talk about movies without spoilers. So, you know, from here on in, sort of assume that there will be spoilers. It's kind of hard to analyze a movie without talking about how it ends up. Yeah, like I think I think we, we both agreed that it's it's not a thing where we're gonna reveal every single surprise that a movie might contain. Right, like we're, that's not the point. I, it doesn't seem like the point of Scream Squad has ever been like a beat for beat plot breakdown. So that's no. not going to be the point either. But we are going to speak, you know, candidly about the resolution of a film. So yeah, basically, um, Jordan Ladd plays Madeline, who's eight months pregnant, and she had difficulty getting pregnant, and might have in fact uh, lost her. 
lost, I think she had lost a couple of babies beforehand. And she has a, uh, she's married. And um, I, I, oh, just as an aside, it's always bothered me when, um, you know, guys will be talking about, oh, well, we're pregnant. Um, related <laughs> yeah. to what we were just talking about. And I actually remember being in a bar um, and it was, uh, you know, the eight eight month pregnant woman and her, you know, husband who was most certainly not pregnant throwing them throwing back drinks being like yeah we're we're pregnant and it's like no she's pregnant you know i i get that you're sort of offering some kind of moral support or whatever but i find it to be a little irksome when dudes you know say stuff like we're pregnant i i mean i get the idea that the you know we're having a baby maybe but no she's pregnant anyway this guy is sort of that kind of sensitive guy and you know he he says it (laughs) a couple of times um and his mother is a judge who uh who's sort of really into she's into like modern medicine and madeline is you know gonna do it with a um a midwife who she actually had a previous relationship with um but is that quest question about that? Because I was trying to figure out if I missed a huge thing in the beginning. Is that hinted at in the beginning, or is that only revealed like later, like once some some of the craziness starts going down? I'm not sure exactly when when that was you know sort of either revealed or figured out, but it, it definitely at one point um, the new assistant, the midwife's new assistant, makes a comment. And it's pretty clear that right. um, they had been involved. Right, um, but I didn't. I thought that that was. That was not revealed, like first off, like and not. No, really... I don't think it was revealed early on. So, so I was, I was, I was going back to thinking about this because, hey, <laughs> like overall, I fucking hated this movie personally. Um, I did love the intro scene, and in reflection, I was thinking that the intro scene is sort of a hint at that. It has a really good intro where, like, there she's having sex with her husband, and like she's so not there at all right she's like totally checked out and like staring at the ceiling and then that's like conflated with an image of the light surrounded by flies which is a kind of foreshadowing but like thinking about it later i'm like oh she's maybe she's just married to a guy because she wanted a kid she wanted like a either she lusted for normalcy and or quote-unquote normalcy and therefore wanted a husband and a child and couldn't deal with being in a lesbian relationship uh, even though that is her sexual orientation and that's why they demonstrate them in the bed like that. It was an interesting scene that like I didn't know what to think of it at first and then I and then only after finishing the film I thought back and I'm like, oh right, she had a relationship with her. Maybe that's that she just never got over that or never got over some uh of her own like, you know, her, her real her genuine sexual orientation or her preferred sexual orientation. So she was just like with a guy for just to be with him or something. Yeah, there's definitely no doubt that the opening sex scene is definitely one where the purpose of the sex is to get pregnant. Yeah. Not for pleasure. It's not for, I mean, it's not like she's just checked out. I I, I agree. Um, And, you know, that, that can be the case with any couple when you're trying when you're specifically quote unquote trying right. to get pregnant and or you know you've you've already you've you've lost a couple of babies or it hasn't taken or whatever well with the, without the detail of her relationship that's how i read the scene when i first saw it it's right. like oh it's boring sex time because it's like they've just they're just having sex mechanically to produce a child which right. yes i hear is something that happens and then yeah experience. i mean and, and what the sort of kicker is at the end she sort of pulls her knees up to her chest which is yeah i read what you do to try and 
get the sperm to swim up and you know meet meet the egg or, or whatever. I learned well, that from the Big Lebowski because yeah, so the, yes, exactly, that's scene. right. Um, <laughs> so the um, the inciting incident, which actually plays into what you're talking about, is that they get into a car accident. Yeah, and he dies in the car accident, and the baby inside her dies, and she's eight months pregnant. Right. So. The um, the film the film is really uh, you know a kind of PSA about the dangers of car manufacture because he dies because his airbag goes off randomly right the airbag goes car. off and then that causes an yeah it's a, yeah it's a, and then they drive off the road that's right um, and which I got to assume does happen to it it does I'm told yeah. that it does yeah it's like anything it's like if it happens a certain percentage of times it's okay right, right. well because yeah. they they do the math and it's easier right. to pay yeah. off a certain amount of people than it is to actually you know recall all the cars and fix it exactly. it's like that with almost anything um, well that's what it is to live in capitalism so um, she the baby uh, is dies is is they they you know inside her and um, she wants to deliver it naturally um, even though they want to induce in the actual in the hospital and I'm not really sure that 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 would you know really happen um, but it's her choice and so she carries the baby to term for the last month. And then goes to the midwife and delivers what appears to be a stillborn baby. Um, although minutes after birth, the baby seems, well, the baby does revive. Um, and so, you know, Madeline names her Grace, um, which is the name of the movie. And um, and then things get weird from there. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's it, I, I think I had an angle in mentioning the thing about the airbag, not intentionally, though, just that, like, this movie has this undertone of, like, uh, veganism, like, individualism against capitalism, because she has, like, probably one of my favorite details in it is that she has this, like, weird obsession with, like, watching, you know, animal rights videos, like, documenting right. animal abuses and cattle slaughter, which in turn reminded me of Transfiguration, which is what the kid in that was, like, really into. He was really into watching internet films of, like, cows being slaughtered. Um, but she just, like, watches them all the time. She watches them before, like, she gives birth, and she watches them after she gives birth as just, like, a sort of weird background noise or entertainment, which is tremendously fucked up <laughs> i mean even for somebody who has those political interests oh yeah that reads as weird a bit weird to me as in like that's the information she's constantly feeding herself and then beyond that like it's not it's not just that and again i want to harken back to what you said about uh, we're guys and we don't know shit about pregnancy but like again like the midwife uh the presence of the midwife like this is patricia the midwife's name is patricia, patricia. yes yeah um, who's probably my favorite actress in the in the film? Um, she like she is like kind of party to a certain counter cultural presence as well. Um, even though like she's uh, she's obviously intelligent, she's not sold as like a as like a like a hippie goodnick or anything like that. Like she looks to be an accomplished woman, but at the same time, her husband before he dies, like he's very suspicious of her beyond even knowing that they've had a relationship because he's kind of, you know, like a, like a practical thinker or a pragmatist and, uh, and a believer in modern medicine, just like his mom is. Um, there is like, there is that like weird scene too at dinner where the mom is being like really compulsively over overbearing and, uh, you know, curious about the vegetarian meal they're eating. So there's yeah. all these, like, there's all this stuff about like, Animal rights is a weird theme in this movie, and it pervades the whole thing. 
Um, even like stuff like with some of the violence that comes like near the end of it, like there's such an obvious correlation between that violence and the videos that she watches, which again, I feel like in a, in nine out of 10 other horror movies that were showcasing like those kinds of films, they'd kind of vaguely show them. This movie actually lets leaves the camera on the animal rights videos for like a minute. Like, and you're just like watching horrible things happen to animals. And it's that squicked me out like crazy. That squicked me out more than like the grossest horror movie I've ever seen, you know, like, well it's real yeah like that's 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 pretty distressing um so yeah like i feel like there is this weird uh capitalist subversion subversion uh theme to the film even to the point where like the mother uh pursues a sort of isolation because she can't really like trust anybody else to take care of the of of this of grace of this we're not sure what this is (laughs) um right you know, she, so she, she yeah, her. she's had her own bad experience with modern medicine, so she doesn't want to deal with the hospital at all. <clears throat> and um, so she, like, you know, pretty quickly, weird things are happening. Like Grace seems to be like a cute little girl or whatever, but there's flies uh, all over the place, and she smells really bad, even mm-hmm. when her diaper doesn't need to be changed. And um, all right, what did you think at that point? Like, as far know, as like what was going on. That there's something, you know, inherently wrong here, you know, in the sense of what exactly, like, is she a demon baby or is she right. a zombie? Yeah. Um, you know. How did you I, read it at first? I, I, I didn't read it as anything specific, and I kind of liked that, that they weren't going to be like, oh, this is a zombie, and so there's these rules, or, oh, it's, you know, the, it, a lot of this stuff is unexplained, and that was another thing that sort of reminded me of... Um, repulsion it just sort of was like you know they just show you and and and, and you right. go along with it i mean it it's was not like a dark ritual that happened it's not, no yeah nothing yeah like it's that. just something like she there was a baby and it was dead inside her and it was born dead and then it came back to life and yet there's still a certain level of death you know around the, i don't know i um, see i see my like read of it and like i was so convinced of this read through 90 percent of the proceedings was that the baby was just dead and she was losing her mind right 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 i right. was a hundred percent convinced of that i was like that's what this is and that's exactly what this is i feel like i don't know if that's intentional i don't know if like the film is trying to coerce that response or not um, and I mean, like, and even like thinking about it, I'm like, wow, that's a extremely dour topic for a movie is just a, a woman caring for a dead child for, you know, 70 minutes. Um, and that doesn't end up being the case. But I was surprised that that wasn't the case. Uh, I thought she was because, again, like she she sequesters herself completely. Yes. And so there's there's this like there's this interesting scene where Patricia comes to visit her. Patricia's the only visitor she has until like the end of the film. She comes briefly, like, early on, and she comes and checks the baby. And then, if you recall, Madeline says, oh, she's great. She doesn't even cry. And I figured that Patricia is so loopy over her love for her that she looked in the bassinet, saw a corpse, and was like, hey, yeah, she doesn't cry. Hey, so we should really spend some more time together, you know? Get you out of the house with this fucking dead baby, you know? That's what I thought that scene was all about. And I, you know what? There's a few things in the movie. There's a few different, like like, elements in it. I, and, and I have no way to know this, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that like I understand authorial intent purely, but there are a few scenes in the movie that make me think that that may have been the idea up to a point, like including the one I just referenced. Right, um, right, right, right. And then they changed it up late, and then they're like, "Yeah, it's a little okay. Well, let's no, no. It's a, it's a, 
It's a magical something, baby. Well, I mean, if it depends. I mean, <clears throat> then, you know, we're seeing certain things and it, and you could be saying, oh, this is all happening in our head and the baby's dead or whatever. But so, uh, you know, um, and basically strange things continue to happen she, when she tries to bathe the baby. Like she, the baby can't handle water touching it like it gets a rash. She gets a rash. Um, the baby won't drink breast milk and, um, actually the baby starts chewing on her nipples and basically sucks blood out of her breasts, um, which is pretty creepy and weird. Um, and meanwhile, yeah, so, um, she's trying to, uh, call, you know, she's trying to call Patricia, uh, whose girlfriend uh, is, you know, um, who was also an assistant who was there for the birth, like won't, won't, you know, sort of lies to Madeline and, and won't put her through. Um, and, um, things are getting worse and worse. You know, she has to put up fly paper in the house because there's flies all over the place and the baby really stinks. And eventually it comes to a, 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 a head where the, she ends up, killing her um yeah well you said she doesn't have any visitors until sort of the final act when her mother-in-law um and 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 is it her mother-in-law's husband or boyfriend or no it's the doctor no it's the doctor yeah it's the doctor doctor that she has a special relationship with (laughs) right the doctor and the the mother the mother-in-law has been trying to get her to see this doctor and the doctor comes and Madeline she's all fucked up and he kind of takes advantage of the fact that she's sort of zoned out because she's not eating and her baby sucking her blood. Right. Uh, so she seems to have gone anemic. So he kind of like coerces her into a sort of ersatz medical review. Um, and I don't totally know what he was trying to do, to be honest. Like, I feel like the whole, the, the whole scene with her and the doctor is very much coded as a sexual assault. Um, and then, but then, you know, tables are turned a bit and she bashes the shit out of him with a glass baby bottle. Right. Oh no no no! With the with the with a breast pump, with an archaic breast pump, she actually bashes his head in. Uh, right, but then she drains she drains his blood into the baby bottle. Yep, yep, and gives the baby the baby bottle with blood to Grace, and um and then actually so that's when the mother in law shows up. Yeah, she shows up. She shows up afterwards. So yeah, like the the, the whole thing in the end, like one, it results in violence. And two, it just it does result in a in an affirmation that the baby's not dead. The baby is something. We don't know what the baby is, right. but it is an entity that is still present. She is still the baby's still drinking blood, um, and you know, and it kind of like resolves in like this weird sort of opening for a sequel uh, <laughs> type of thing. Well, yeah, all right. So what ends up happening? It is interesting that you point out she doesn't have any visitors till the end because, like, in the last, you know. You know, whatever. Pretty much everyone shows up. Yeah, the doctor shows up. She kills. uh, She kills him. The mother-in-law shows up. She kills her. And then Patricia shows up, realizing, um, you know, realizes what happened. And then Patricia and Madeline run off together with Grace, and in in a uh, in like a um, an RV, and um, you know, which she's been trying to buy through the whole movie, right. There's some weird B story about her trying to get a fucking RV that's never quite identified. And Patricia, and then Patricia's like, well, we, we, you know, you're, you're anemic. We can get you on the right diet, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so then I guess enough time has passed that Grace has begun teething. 
and uh, you know, oh, Trish is driving the RV, and then they pull into a gas station, or whatever, and she goes into the back of the RV where Madeline is nursing or something, and um, she pulls up her shirt, and her breast has basically been chewed away, and the and then it cuts to the credits. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, both, mean, they're was, both rocking their pixie, their new pixie haircuts, which I right. guess is them running from the law. I mean, and there's arguing. definitely something in the body horror here that it's unfortunate that it, it's written and directed by a man in the sense that um, if it was written and directed by a woman, there would be a little bit of a different notion. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's certainly, I mean, you could argue that this is really a statement about postpartum depression and, you know, taking taking some of it to the, uh, you know, to, to the logical or, or illogical extreme. Uh Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, women, um, you know, go through a lot after, after giving birth, I mean, beyond the regular, beyond all the regular stuff that it does to their bodies. Um, I have, I have a friend who, uh, like her teeth and gums were never the same after she gave birth. Um, you know, j- just things like that. Um, you know, other women go gray after birth. I mean, it's a huge, you know, um, the baby is to a certain degree a parasite inside of you, sort of sucking your, you know, your energy. Um, I'm more, yeah, I'm the, more the fond image, of the film. The image of her with her breast chewed away with the baby with blood all around its mouth or whatever. I mean, it was. I, I, I thought that that was a pretty sort of amazing image um, in, in, in that sense. I mean, I, but I didn't, that wasn't, it wasn't a money shot for me because like I've been seeing her breasts be violently abused through the whole movie. It's right. like, oh, now, now it's super abused. Okay. Right. Well, the, before she was basically trying to suck blood out of her breast, like this was, you know, this was, she, she now has teeth. She's like the baby's teething now and the breast is chewed away. I mean, it's, it's sort of a pretty gnarly, gnarly image. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it, it's. Um, I pr- I personally can't stand this. I thought it was awful. I thought the entire film was shot, <laughs> written, and performed like a Skinamax movie. Right. Like I also. So I, I, almost, I, I they really were... I I agree with you about about the way it was shot, and I actually watched this one after I watched Shelley, which we're about to talk about, and Shelley. Well, I had I th- had some issues with it. Um, it's funny because my biggest issue with Shelley was actually the end, the final shot. Uh-huh. But I thought Shelley just looked really good. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty. I think much of it is pretty sumptuous. It's very dark. It's very. Uh, some of it, I would even say, is a little Lynchian. It we- weirdly in this movie, there are a couple shots that are right out of Lynch, like a right. few. Like there's like where where the mom comes to visit the her doctor friend, Doctor Sone. Uh, there's like the, the intro of her walking into the office is this like diagonal corner shot that like shows like the, like two people in the office and her coming in the door. That's a total Lynch shot. Like this, like kind of like cornered, uh, collective shot of like a strange space. That's like, it's really just a, probably like a cube. Like the room is probably square shaped, but it's shot in this way that makes it look elongated and strange. So there, and there was a couple shots like that in the film. And there's one, the one shot I really like is her dragging the dead doctor, uh, who, who must have been like holding the camera or like the camera's positioned on him at some point. Pretty classic horror shot, but I really liked it. Overall, though, I mean, I just, it, man, like it, if you told, if it was, I, I would almost think that it was shot originally as a Skinamax movie, especially with like the weird kind of sex tones that like occurred throughout it. Like, 
there's a really, in, I mean, I thought it was interesting, but it's a really strange, like, uh, like kind of like sexual initiation between the mom and the father, uh, or the, I guess her mother-in-law and her father-in-law in bed, yeah. which was pretty surprising. Um, there's like the mother stuff that happens in it is, is sort of the most interesting, but I don't think much happens with it in the end. Well, I'm always, I'm actually always pro whatever they show, like people over 50 or 60 having sex. Yeah, no, it, see it in, in movies. It's remarkable. But, it's remarkable. Yeah. So the, the director, Paul Soleil is an Eli Roth, um, like prodigy or, you know, sort of acolyte, um, which I can't stand Eli Roth. Um, not, I'm not the biggest fan. No, I mean, I think, you know, um, but um, I like him as I like him as the as the as the bear Jew. Right. Oh, that was another thing that Jordan Ladd was in. She's in, uh, I think, the second hostel, if I'm not mistaken. She's definitely in in, in one of one of the hostels. Oh, I've only seen the first hostel. I never right. Seen I think it's the second one. But um, yeah, so this was actually they made a short and then used the short to get money to make a feature. Um, I'm not sure actually if, if Jordan Ladd was in the short, but, um, so Paul Soleil, the director made the short and then, um, made the short in 2006 and, um, you know, I guess took a couple of years to get the, get the money together and, um, you know, they made the feature. Um, so yeah, so Grace, Leo, uh, Leo hates it. Um, I, 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 I definitely didn't hate it. I thought it was sort of interesting, Although I I wish that it, it had been better shot, better I don't know I I thought it was sort of an interesting you know I thought the the performance and then just sort of some of the um, I don't want to say like graphic I don't know I thought the take on on the you know whatever you, the evil zombie like whatever I mean the baby isn't actually evil um, yeah it's just, just hungry right yeah exactly I, I I thought the take was sort of interesting. Um, I mean, to be honest, I probably liked it more than I haven't seen too many Eli Roth movies, but the ones I've had, I have seen, you know, I, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, like, I guess hate's a, a, a strong word because I did, I did kind of like Lad's performance too. I, I, I don't have huge problems with it, but I have problems with like almost everything in the movie. And I think overall, like it, it there's something about it to me that's really chintzy. It just seems like a, like some, like a bullshit B movie and it's trying a few interesting ideas, but I couldn't get past the, like the kind of the cheapness of how it's presented through and through it just felt like it and i and again i and who knows like what the actual development details on it but i would not be surprised if this movie like changed like 15 times while it was being made like focusing on different characters focusing on different story parts changing entire parts of the story building it to be a skin and max movie that never happened like i would believe any of those things so well it's interesting that you mentioned that because our other movie that we're discussing did go through at least one major change in that there are two directors of photography. And I don't know if uh, this is related to that, but the um, format uh, changes actually uh, from being uh, sort of widescreen, well, normal screen to widescreen representing, um, you know, um, not, not Shelly. Shelly is the daughter. Um, what's, what's the, uh, the, the mother's name? In, in, in Shelley, Elena, yeah, Elena, being uh, her her pregnancy, or um, is it? Yeah, it's either when she is fine, gets pregnant, um, the the aspect ratio changes. But there were two different uh, DPs on that one. Um, wow! Which, so so it changes for the rest of the film. I hadn't noticed that. So it's like boom yeah. from that point on. It's a widescreen film. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting thing. Huh. It's like using the 
format to demonstrate, you know, I guess when women become pregnant, they become in their own special way, widescreen people. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there was some, something to that. And I don't know what the circumstances of the two different DPs are. And I didn't actually notice other than the format changing, there being a huge, um, you know, difference. Like stylistic in, in, shift. Yeah, stylistically or anything like that. So I think the second one was trying to ape what the first was doing. Huh. But the, um, I did, the cinematography, interestingly enough, was one of the things that I liked the most about Shelley. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Shelley, Shelley sort of has a very different vibe. Um, although, again, there's the notion of a, of a, a lone mother. So... Um, as you had pointed out before we started talking, it's sort of weird that once um, her husband dies in grace, we he kind of doesn't get mentioned again, really, even though his mother, you know, the mother-in-law continues to be a character. Yeah, there, there's what there's one scene where the mom is like clutching a photo and having a moment in the in his old bedroom, which has a race car bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but like, other than that, no, like. There's not even condolences made to to, right. to Madeline at all. No funeral, no nothing. Nope. I mean, no one addresses it really, which goes to show sort of what we were saying earlier that the that he really was nothing more than just a sperm donor. Yeah, um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, in in Shelley, um, there is no father. Um, you know, so it, it the film opens up with Elena who's a Romanian woman who's being uh, driven to uh, this sort of wealthy off the grid couples, Danish couples house, Louise and Casper. And they live like a total off the grid lifestyle. They grow their own food. They don't have electricity. They have, they raise chickens and um, Elena's sort of there to help out. Louise has had some kind of surgery recently and she's recuperating with uh, your the help of your favorite character, uh, sort of psychic guru named Leo. Yeah, which uh, you know, no, no, no pun intended in terms of uh, no relation, right? Yeah, it, it's a uh, there. There's it's interesting what you just said about the thing about like there not being a father in Shelley. Um, so this is like this is a very. Uh, I feel like a totally different movie from Grace, like in pretty much every direction. Um, it's very weirdly intimate often. Um, and almost like a, like there's a slight verite touch to how like things go on. The, the, I don't, the script is, is, is very much not, um, you know, theatrical or bombastic. It is a, it's a kind of like toned down, like some of it feels improvised, even if it's not. But like, you know, what you described about her being kind of sequestered away uh, as uh, for purposes of work um, at this uh, at this couple's house there, there's a lot of I don't know, like there's a very chit chatty, chit chatty quality to it where you're just almost like getting you're almost intruding on little scenes where people are having little conversations. Um, And I I, there's a there's a closeness to it. The, The something about Shelley, like to me. Felt a little lynchy in that, in the in the closeness, in the in the intimacy between specific characters having like what seems like a casual conversation, but it's like pregnant with meaning. No pun intended. No pun there. intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, like, it's interesting because at the start of it, like what you just said the, about how, how Louise is like going through a surgery. Like, I don't know. I thought this was gonna kind of be like a weird 
like old lady in a house thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because knowing it's a horror movie when you go into it, this is like a thing I always contend with with horror movies. You know how like you go into a horror movie and then you're watching it and you're like, okay, when's the horror coming? And you're kind of like seeing things and everything. You're like, oh, is that creepy? Is what is the conversation they just had creepy or not? And I had that like a lot through the first part of this movie where I was kind of like, is this a horror movie? Is there something important about the like casual thing they just said? But in a lot of cases for the first half of it, there isn't. I mean, do you well, think that's accurate? Like, did you did you get that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the first half, but there's a certain point where um, you, you're sort of aware that, you know, I guess that it is, I mean, from the poster and, you know, whatever, that this is a horror movie. I mean, the uh, the ad for the movie is like this red silhouetted pregnant woman with a baby carriage, like, silo, you know, a black baby carriage, sort of almost like a Rosemary's Baby yeah. image. And so, you know... Um, but there are, I mean, there are, there's certainly weirdness to it. Um, so Louise is unable to have children, but she had frozen some of her eggs before, um, before her hysterectomy or whatever happened that, you know, she, she made her unable to, um, to have kids and Louise and Casper want kids. And Elena is a poor woman, um, who they basically make a deal that if she carries, so their baby with Louise's, you know, Louise's eggs um, implanted, I guess, with Casper's seed, they'll buy her an apartment. She she already has a child. She has a single yeah. kid um, who basically she's taken this job to save money to buy them an apartment in Romania that she feels like, you know, if she does this job for like two or three years, she'll have enough money to buy an apartment for her and her son. And her son is staying with her mother. So there's a couple of sort of weird phone calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it seems like, you know, I mean, this is a, a lifelong thing that goes back to the Bible with Sarah and Hagar and, mm-hmm. you know, continues to this day. Um, and the notion of, um, you know, a poor woman for money carrying a baby for a wealthier woman um, who can't have a kid. And, um she, they go through with the insemination. The doctor tells them everything is, you know, everything's hunky dory. Um, but then a whole bunch of weird stuff starts happening. Um, when she goes to take care of the chickens, which we've seen her doing all throughout, they all freak out. The chickens won't go near her and they, and they run around, you know, the way chickens do when they're hysterical. And, um, she starts having nightmares and uh, hallucinations um, and there, they have, there's like a dinner party where one of the kids of, uh, one of Louise and Casper, Casper's friends just comes and punches her in the stomach. At yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's sort of a lot of weird stuff. And Leo, the sort of psychic guru, um, when he comes over, he gets a very bad vibe. Literally. He says that there's bad energy coming from her stomach. Um, and Elena starts to think that the baby's killing her. Yeah. Um, and she starts getting pale and gaunt and getting scratches and rashes yes. and stuff. Yeah. Like right. her body's breaking up, down. She wakes up at one point. She's got blood all around her mouth. Um, she, and the doctor keeps telling her everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's all normal. Um, they go, she goes to get an ultrasound and the ultrasound machine just shuts down. Mm-hmm. Like it just goes blank. Um, and she's the only one who seems to think that something is wrong. Um, and of course, it keeps getting worse and worse as she as they get nearer and nearer to the 
due date and she gets paler and paler and more um more exhausted um at one point louise tries to give her give her a bath and similar to in grace like she reacts to the water as if it's you know the water itself is painful yeah um so she decides to to basically get rid of the the baby herself i think there's a couple more incidents where she like sleepwalks out of the house um, she wants to go home. Yeah, like, um, uh, like I mean, I would challenge what you just said. Like, I feel like there's this element of possess possession with her in some. Like, she doesn't seem like herself, especially because she's like a woman who's given birth before. There right. is something like otherly that seems to descend on her. Where, yeah, like she goes wandering around in the middle of the night, and she's just like she's acting sort of ex- she's sort of extra, you know? Like, there's yes. something there's something going on. And again, like this is a, you know, I guess in certain ways it is like Grace in that there's not uh, anything in the way of discrete, uh, you know, explanation for what exactly the hell is happening. The way I read it in the movie is that there's something about Louise's eggs. Uh, right. That did No, no, this. no. I, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. There's something about Louise and her, you know, yeah. something, something sort of bizarre. So, um... She actually attempts with a knitting needle to get rid of the baby. Um, God, and, that scene is so fucked up. Yeah, and and um, ultimately she dies. She bleeds out, and the baby is quote unquote okay. Although the baby is not okay, um, Casper recognizes that there's something wrong with the baby, um, and but Louise doesn't. They name her Shelley. Louise totally bonds with her as if she had carried her herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she dotes on her. Uh, but Casper's totally freaked out. Um, and Elena, uh, and not rather, rather Shelly, the baby, also freaks out the chick, the chickens. She also uh, can't be bathed. Like, she, she screams when she's bathed. Um, and when Leo, the guru, comes, comes to the house after the baby's born... He's completely freaked out at her, and he actually says that he senses something evil, and he splits. Yeah, he just bounces. Uh, never, yeah. Um, he can't handle it. And Casper also feels like it. Um, and it's not clear if he's going crazy, but he doesn't want to be around her. Um, he's, not acting, he's not acting like a dad. No, but he also starts not acting like a normal person or whatever, and, and uh, sort of loses his own... He's like uh, becomes almost like near catatonic, um, and then he's cutting, chopping wood, and he cuts his leg open. It's not clear if he does that on purpose or not. Um, and he even like when he's messing around with the baby, like trying to bond with it, like he can't get a response from the baby, even when he tries to punch. He pretends to. Like, oh god, baby, yeah. That so like that scene like made me think about the standards of baby actors in in Denmark, the what <laughs> or like where, where wherever like that particular scene was filmed because it's it's really creepy. Like what Chico's describing is this thing where he like yeah like he punches the baby but stops his fist like an inch above the baby's face. And he right. just like keeps doing that, and that was so unnerving to watch. And I was like, "Was that like CGI? Did they composite the image? Like, or did a man literally almost punch a baby for a shot in the movie?" 
<laughs> that's actually, I mean, that's a uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't I mean, know either. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I'm it's, assuming, it's weird to I'm watch. Assuming he, you know, just you know, pulled his punch. But you're right. I I, I don't know. Like that um, wouldn't fly in an in an American in a no, United States true. film. It's that true. would totally not fly. Um, and all of this sort of unnatural, like paranormal weirdness, is definitely in the face of a very, 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 very sort of beautiful verdant natural you know they're in this like on this nice wooded property remember this is like a wealthy couple living off the grid they live on this beautiful lake you know there are a couple of nice scenes of them like boating in the lake you know with elena or after you know um a lot of conversations taking place at the side of the lake so it's all this very sort of very beautiful natural environment but this very un like nothing could be more unnatural than like an evil baby Right, right, and or a fucked up pregnancy, and so that that like sort of juxtaposition is is sort of what you know is going on, you know, and again with this sort of very you know gorgeous cinematography. Yeah, I I feel I feel like like the one feeds the other in that you know like for me like I don't have an extremely positive relationship to like the rural living, Uh, so like to me like that just made everything creepier because they are so like sequestered because they're so like on their own. It's like whatever they're dealing with is not even within witness of, you know, bystanders who might be able to inform the viewer on what the fuck is going on. They are just in their own world. And, you know, so when, you know, shit goes down, it's like there's no one. The only other person there is Leo and he's out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, there's a, I, I think the friend, like there's another friend who actually comes by at some point and Casper is telling the friend that he, he's not ready for father with the baby yeah. and that the baby is weird and, and all this other stuff. And the, and the friend is sort of like, Oh no, I have a kid of my own and you'll, you'll, it's fine. It yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's this sort of sense of like, who's crazy because Louise thinks that Casper's crazy right. and Casper thinks that Louise is crazy because Louise doesn't see anything wrong with what's going on. Yeah. On the other hand, I mean, like, we do see that the chickens are afraid of the baby. We do see that, you know, she can't bathe the baby. Um, and so one night in the middle of the night, Louise gets out of bed. And uh, I think she has, like, so I think there's a weird dream sequence. But she gets out of bed. Shelly's gone. She goes to the car. And Casper's in the car with the baby. And um, Louise kills Casper. She, like, with the car door, actually. I think um, yeah she does she takes, does a she does a lock stock and two smoking barrels right <laughs> you know, and she brings Shelly back inside and then this is the final shot of the movie is Louise sitting on the bed with this very weird um I don't even like phantasmal phantom like man figure standing in the room with her yeah um you know with with her and Shelly um, or maybe, maybe he's not there in the final shot, but he's there in the room. And so maybe it's, it, it ultimately is a haunted house, you know, and this, this figure in the house has caused all of the, uh, all of the woe and turmoil, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah like I, that was my problem with the movie. I, I liked the movie, but I needed more of a resolution Instead of this, like, oh, you need to, you know, figure it out type of thing, like the, you know, end of The Sopranos or something like the, that. Yeah, there, there really, there really isn't one. Um, the movie has that has those vagaries, and like, to, for the most part, I feel like the, the thing with the movie that, that like I can hold on to the most is that Elena successfully had a baby before this one. It's right. Like, that's oh, yeah, the yeah. biggest detail. Like that's it's like. 
what to like informing like what you were just saying about the house. It's like that could be it because it's if Elena hadn't had a child who has been proven in the reality of the film uh, is, you know, is grown up, is older and like relatively fine. I would almost be, you know, inclined to think like something's wrong with Elena or she's like this demon they let into their house or something. But the movie goes to some pains to explain that like this is just this is work for her and she's done it before and it's worth it and it's not a problem. So it's like something else happened. And Louise couldn't have a baby. Like she, when she had her hysterectomy, they say that they cut her womb out when they cut the baby out of her. That's actually what she says. So there's a whole thing going on there. Um, I don't know. I think the end, just getting back to that real quick, is part of the whole thing with Ali Abbasi, the director, having had only seen five or six horror films in his life before or something like that in that he probably thought he was doing this sort of cool arty thing <laughs> it just sort of didn't didn't work i mean it's interesting he's making a, a movie about like iran's most famous serial killer yeah yeah as a follow-up but um yeah i mean look um both both these two movies have a lot of commonalities um you know they're both named after the you know titular sort of demon child or whatever you want to call it um mm. neither are explicitly that um they both involve sort of pregnancies gone awry and um they both have some have some pretty grisly moments that yeah, are like I unique mean, it, to the pregnant experience yes and and that's a whole thing again bringing it back full circle like we're guys yeah and it is unfortunate these were written and directed by men and when you look at sort of this genre of stuff, I mean, I know, you know, again, same thing with, uh, you know, with Rosemary's Baby. Um, and, and, and then you get into stuff like Junior. Junior is ostensibly a comedy, but there's some real sort of balls in or just something. Balls isn't the right word in making a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. And I feel like ultimately that's like a comedy that actually works better as a horror movie. Um, an alien is, 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 a, is a horror movie. I mean, I, it's a horror movie with a sci-fi sort of backdrop, but it's definitely technically it's a, you know, it's a monster movie. Um, yeah, that's but, definitely about pregnancy. No, it's pre, I think, I think ev- not every alien Aliens, well, certainly for the sure. first two are preoccupied. Not, and a lot of that has to do with the design. The Geiger design stuff is so sort of phallic and yonic. Yeah. You know, everything looks like either a penis or like a glistening penis that's just pulled out of a vagina or like a glistening vagina that just had a penis. Yeah, no. Like, that's it. That's you know, definitely in there. Yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. And then the idea that the, you, the, the, the people get impregnated against their will and then the the creature rips out of them and of course the fact that the first person we see that to is ash uh not ash um it's uh, john hurt's character who's right. a man right and so th- there's just you know and i and, and i even think it continues even further in the um i mean prometheus in- has an abortion scene Right, Prometheus has an actual abortion scene where where the the, the alien is ripped out of her. I was going to say in Aliens, the whole climax of the fight between the Queen and mm-hmm. Ripley mm-hmm. over Newt, where she's like, "Get away from her, you bitch," is very much <laughs> like almost like the the relationship between um, 
you know, Louise and Elena over Shelly to a certain degree. Um, right. You know, when Shelly is still, when Elena is still pregnant with Shelly. I mean, there's like, there's a lot going on there um, in those movies. I don't know as much in like three and four, if that's the case with the alien movies, but certainly the first two and in Prometheus, it's, it's there. I mean, it's, it's there. You would think like in more of the, the body horror of Cronenberg, but which there's some of that in the brood, which we, we talked about a little bit, but um, there's a, there's a major subplot in the fly where Gina Davis's character is not sure. Yeah. She's pregnant and she's not sure if she got pregnated by Seth Brindle before he became the fly or not. And she has this horrific nightmare, which is like, you know, one of the most amazing. It's classic where she actually imagines herself giving birth to like a two foot maggot. And yeah. it's really amazing. Um, another thing I just want to point out, you know, I'm not sure what the pop- world population is of non-white people. I, I had a hard time. I couldn't come up with any horror movies off the top of my head that had, like, any of these things happening to a woman of color or a black woman. The closest thing was Children of Men, where we actually don't see the birth. And it's much more of a, her her pregnancy is a positive thing right. because she you know it's a black woman who is pregnant. But it is interesting that it's always all these pregnancies in these horror movies always happen to white women. That's such a good point. What the hell is that about? Like I nothing's coming to mind right now. No, I mean, and Children of Men is a reach. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I can't. I mean, I can't think of an Asian woman. I can't think of an Indian woman. I can't think of a Latina woman. You know, I mean, it's 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 literally, you know, and it's and of course, in the world we live in, I'm pretty sure that the, um, you know, mortality rate of in birth is higher for, you know, sort of women in the developing world. And so you'd think that these things would work um, more. Now, um, that said, if anyone knows, definitely hit us up on Twitter because, you know, there could very well be like some great, you know, Korean horror movie or something that we don't necessarily know about that does, you know, cover this theme. The, the, but, the one that comes to mind, but it, but what it does with the theme is very, very different. Are, are you familiar with the movie uh, Dumplings? No. The, so dump, Dumplings... It's either dumplings or dumpling was uh, was one of the shorts uh, in this like Korean horror uh, like trilogy like trilogy movie type thing that was like made of shorts, and then it got expanded into like a full proper movie. And part of it is about uh, like this woman who makes dumplings out of uh, unborn fetuses that are apparently good for uh, fertility. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, like, that's more what the focus is on, is on, like, the grotesquerie of that, more right. than, like a, like, a weird pregnancy type of thing as a theme. Like, it doesn't really slot in here, but that's the only thing at the immediate moment that comes to mind. Well, I mean, there's definitely no doubt that pregnancy fits into the body horror thing, you know, theme yeah, in the yeah. sense of, like, pregnancy going awry. And when you think back through, to, through much of history, I mean, a lot of women have died in childbirth throughout history i mean it was a really dicey dicey proposition um you know so i you know but it it it, it, even like you know in the i don't know if you you know seed of chucky um the i think fourth chucky movie um jennifer uh what is her name Uh, jennifer tilly's you know puppet gets pregnant or um the fifth is it the fifth uh nightmare on elm street the dream child 
um, where you know um, he like invades you know the nightmares of a of a fetus or something like that. Like they, it's definitely something that's been looked at in this genre from many different angles, not just the sheer you know um, body horror. And of course, you know as we've sort of been mentioning or whatever the number one movie in this genre without a doubt the citizen kane of this genre is (laughs) rosemary's baby where a uh, guy basically makes a deal with the devil to uh you know impregnate his wife for his career and it's uh you know it's 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 it's, it is a classic in every sense of the word (laughs) it is i i also feel like in terms of of pregnancy horror movies rosemary's baby is also like one of the slowest like it takes like kind of like it like you know something's up but it's uh it's it's so focused on the drama of like being a confused mother like because like she like has like weird things about like trusting her body versus trusting like all these like influences around her right and that's like a bulk of the film which is interesting whereas something like grace it's like it gets kind of right into the nitty-gritty of like you know having a baby where something's off and that's right well it's interesting so rosemary's baby and um shelly both when we meet the the main character she's not even yet pregnant you know like she doesn't get pregnant in either rosemary's baby or in um shelly for you know a little while yeah grace starts out she's eight months pregnant right right i mean yes there's the opening scene of the conception or whatever but like the next scene, they're eating dinner, and she's, yeah, that, you know, yeah, that's like, like a minute, right? So you know, and 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 so the the passage of time also, um, crazily enough, that uh, Rosemary's baby's almost fifty years old. You know? Stop it! Um, yeah, are you fucking sixty eight or sixty nine? And so, you know, Jesus. we're recording this in twenty seventeen. Um, so yeah, you're talking about it's uh, you know forty eight or forty nine. Yeah, man, summer of love. This happened 50 years ago right now as, as we speak, you know. In fact, yeah, I, th- I believe, uh, yeah, so Summer of Love was happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah. So the point being of 50 years ago, I mean, it was a slightly different time for mm. movies. Also, it's based on a novel. So yeah. probably a lot of, I had never read Ira Levin's novel, but a lot of what goes on is probably happening in our head. Um, but uh, you know, Rosemary's Baby is is a classic, and I'm pretty sure is on Amazon Prime. It's on one of the streaming services. Um, Shelley is definitely available on Netflix. Yep. And um, Grace is a little harder to find. Um, it uh, it, you can get you can rent it on Amazon through one of their other search. You know, if you type it into the search thing, but it'll cost you a couple bucks. But um, you know, I think if you're interested in pursuing this further. Um, those, those are, you you know, you can definitely find them. Um, and if you want to, you know, stay a little more lighthearted, you know, there's always Seed of Chucky and, uh, (laughs) you know, the Fifth Nightmare on Elm Street, which is really sort of where it starts going, you know downhill yeah we 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 picked two super dour films for this episode right (laughs) they are they are both pretty uh pretty down it's not necessarily a double feature that i would recommend and certainly if you are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant they're probably not yeah um, don't (laughs) you know a double feature that you want to necessarily play but um you know hey i mean this is you know you know 
pregnancy is real. Although, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there was something recently about in the West, sperm count is supposedly down like 50% since like the 1970s. And so maybe, you know, we're headed towards the either a children of men or um, Handmaid's Tale future. And by the way, I would, I guess for some reason, The Handmaid's Tale certainly deserves to get thrown in here as a mention mm. of something, uh, you know, certainly it's horror and pregnancy. Um, and it's, it's definitely not demons. The demons are humanity. So, so is your, Such as it is. Is, is your, is your advice to the public to start freezing our sperm now? No, I mean, my advice is not to do that because I do think that there are enough people and that probably <laughs> the only way to, uh, you know, that, that for the sake of Mother Earth and actually our future descendants, you know, having less people is probably better. And I actually think that that's, it's probably natural. I think there's, you know, there were a billion people on the planet in 1900. We're, a quarter, we're not even a quarter of the way through the, you know, we're 117 years after that, and there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. Um, mm. So I, I, I think that Mother Nature takes care of herself and us and that that sperm, lower sperm count thing, which can be blamed on our, you know, our own chemical machine existence, is also a result of sort of over, you know too many people and we're crowding out all the other species. So I think that it's not the worst thing to happen if sperm counts go down. I mean... It, or at least I don't think it's the worst thing to happen on its own. I mean, women will eventually get blamed just like they do in uh, The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> even though it's it's actually the men. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, but that's, you know, that's on us. Um, and that and, and, and it's also just in the West. I don't know if that's they're all they've only been measuring it in the west or if it's because you know, we have more pollution or what it is. But um, I think I, I actually blame the McRib. Yeah, it could very well be. It yeah. could very well be. Yeah. Um, I think that's you know. why McDonald's holds it down, doesn't always offer it. Right. Because they realize, like, this, the, the, the wreckage that's being caused. No, it's actually, I mean, the reality, I, I mean, I know you're joking, but the reality why they don't always offer it is because it has to do with pork futures. And they literally only offer the McRib when, like, pork Oh, there's, like, a glut? There's, there's an entire, like, stock market world, like, the amount of pigs that are going to be in the world yeah. in six months is how is how they decide when or, you know. I've never actually had a McRib myself. Um, I only had the, like, there was there was a, a facsimile of the McRib that was served originally in uh, New York City public schools in the 90s. And I had that. But I've wow. never had like a proper McRib. Yeah, it was like it looked, yo, it looked just like it was like shaped like a rib, but there was no bone. It was like it was a McRib, but coming out of a New York City public school lunchroom. Well, only on Scream Squad can you <laughs> spend almost an hour talking about fetuses and end up talking about the McRib. <laughs> so, okay, yes, come, that's come, that's come the place the, to end on. Come for the paranormal pregnancies and stay for the McRib. <laughs> Keep screaming. Keep screaming, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>